0: Welcome back to the Unearth Podcast. It is just me and Courtney Miller today. We're going to talk about an interesting topic, really just the internet, the the effects of the internet on our lives, the future of the internet. It's very much an interesting topic for both of us. We like artificial intelligence stuff and you know, we just want to navigate this and see how society and culture can either enhance from the internet or how we've degraded as a society. I, just, I think we just want to talk about all of it.
1: I specifically wanted to talk about how I feel like the internet is a form of control and controlling us. And I do see, as an astrologer, some possible shifts or illumination of that specific area of society. I think we're going to all start to become a lot more aware of the control and privacy issues around the internet.
0: Yeah. And um, for people to do further research, this was the internet itself was a DARPA program, which is a part of the defense industry. Uh, It's a government agency, and it's kind of like a research project. And that's how it started all in the 1960s. So, I do recommend, by the way, as a preface to this podcast, you have to understand the origins of the internet and the purpose of it from the beginning. And so, we're not going to get into that today because I'm not even a perfectly good expert on the internet and the origins of it. I've learned about it. I've seen like two or three documentaries about it. It is an interesting topic, but I do think that that's enough to give you an idea as to what their their thinking was like. You know what the government was wondering, the possibilities of the internet. Um, you're seeing the results of that today, in more of the monopolies inside the internet that are happening, and we'll, we'll get into that as well. But one of the things that Courtney brought up early on was that there's the dark web, right? And and actually and the deep web, the deep which web are different, and the dark web, which you can talk about. But um, basically, the point is, is that we don't even get the full internet. You know, there there are websites, or just even. Um, uh, servers and IPs that won't allow you to even search certain things on the internet in America that that is um, and, and I, obviously in Iran or China or North Korea or some of these more authoritarian states it's even worse right you can't search anything you know when you're at school in your elementary school or, or maybe middle school or high school and you're on the Wi-Fi and you're trying to like you know watch some YouTube video or something like that and you just can't go right because there's a block there's a Wi-Fi you know the, it doesn't allow you to search it in, in on their Wi fi so it's like their servers block it and so that's actually very true in the general sense of the internet no matter if you're just at home and you feel like you pay for the internet you still don't get access to the full internet you want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah absolutely so first of all just to kind of break down the deep web deep web and dark web this is pretty much where we don't have full access to it so we have to go through special means so the deep web would be more like different parts of the internet that are involved within organizations things that you have to have passwords for there's firewalls or different things that are preventing you from accessing them and they're obviously actually the most significant part of the internet they make up 90 percent of the internet itself and then the dark web which i think is like five percent or 05 percent some smaller number where there's more kind of illegal activities that tend to happen basically it's in the untraceable part of the internet so that's obviously why a lot of the underground illegal stuff happens there like people selling other individuals selling illegal arms drugs like all the really really bad things that are obviously not allowed above ground go there and you can access that you can access all of this um if you have i mean you can access the dark web not everything on the deep web, but if you go through certain means, and I don't think it's illegal to actually go on to it, but obviously to participate in these activities it is. So just think about like an iceberg and how the top 10% is basically what we are seeing every day. And then let's shave off the very, very tip of the iceberg, like just a little ice cube. And that's probably the internet that we actually access in our lives. And that's because if you think about a Google search, for example you're really only clicking on like the first number of pages. Like nobody is ever going to page 10,052 for their search items. So just think about how we are really just ingesting the small percentage of what is recommended to us on these pages on Google. And you would think, yeah, oh, it's because everyone's searching for it. So that's why I'm recommended that. I mean, to an extent, yes, but... Also, we have to consider the fact that there could be underlying motivations or monopolies going on where that is going to be pushed out to the individuals till it becomes commonplace. And then it's like, oh, well, everyone's everyone's on Facebook. So we're going to show Facebook as the first search option. You know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah. So um, I mentioned to her earlier that Google owns, I think, 98% of all search engines Searches, searches, but it's a search engine. But th- the point is, is that you're gonna go to Google to search on the internet. Period, which alone is a monopoly, as she said. You're not gonna go to page ten thousand, right? Um, but not only that, Google decides what is at the top. You know, and yes, you could pay for Google ads, and there are ads at the top for sure. Um, but beyond that, what actually shows up as a result is not always the most um, clicked uh so what it used to be so so things have changed by the way the algorithms themselves it used to be the google used to be in the early stages it used to be where the most like clicked website was number one so if somebody searched up you know um i don't know like the holocaust or something you know like if wikipedia genuinely is the 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 most searched you know term or or, or the most clicked website then wikipedia would show up at the top right i can't even use that as a good example because today wikipedia partners with google where if you try to search up anything on about anything but like that's a online encyclopedia so that's going to pop up as number one no matter what i don't know if you've noticed that but anytime you google a term or something usually get wikipedia but point is is uh, it used to be if it's a website or something, like if you go and type in um, Kanye West right now, as an example, he's a hot topic. Your, Google has organized the all the search results to be negative. All of it's going to be negative press, right? We saw this also about COVID, you know, um, and always be weary of Public private partnerships. Anytime you see that, just know that there's some chicanery going on, right? Because what is that? That's fascism, basically. It's corporations working with government to propagate something or to work on something together, right? And that can be a really good thing. You know, there's nonprofits out there that do amazing work, humanitarian work around the world that are private, you know, nonprofit companies and they work with governments. I get that concept, per- per- public private. But most cases, you get, you know, these situations like, just the internet itself and the kind of things that you search well like i just saw this uh head of uh in the united nations she said something like yeah well you know, with the COVID treatments, we had to partner with Google to make sure that, you know, we put, you know, ivermectin or whatever, like is, is horse paste at the top, you know? And it's just kind of like little things like that. How true is that? I mean, and how how legitimate is that? And then almost to a point, like you're talking about the dark web, you, you almost have to be in the dark web to get the facts about stuff that should be relevant to absolutely everybody. And so we have this uh, monopoly that's being created where we search anything, and we're gonna get like this canned answer. Uh, and personally, if you just look up certain things, like I, I mentioned Kanye West earlier, but like you just just look up anything. It doesn't have to be controversial, but it, it helps to be controversial because you'll see the contrast. So if you look up some figure, some person that's controversial on Google, and look at the first articles that are there, look at the websites that pop up. Right. Whereas if you looked up the same exact person, same exact term on DuckDuckGo, which is an alternative search engine, then you might receive a totally different set of websites. It blows your mind. You're like, you're getting legit. But what, what DuckDuckGo says is their promise to the people using their platform is like, we are going to put the most popular thing up top. And it, that could be a negative article about somebody. That could honestly be the most popular thing. But they, they have a promise like, we don't track your data and we will put the number one most clicked or most referred to website on this particular term, which should, in my opinion, it should be how the internet is run. It's like a democracy, right? Instead of it being, you search something and then you only get these canned results. And like she said, like, you're not going to go to page 10,000, but like, that's the point is you got to go a couple pages in to really get like, what is really the most clicked? What is really the most referred to when looking at this particular term? That's just just search engines though.
1: I mean, if you think about it, we are really just creating a vast echo chamber if we just keep recycling the same ideas, the same news articles, the same perspectives. And regardless of what you believe and what you don't believe, I think it's, it's super important to be looking at different sides of the same story as well as maybe different stories that aren't even getting covered. And it becomes scary also when it's not even just how Google is putting certain information at the top, but it's also how it's impacting our freedom of speech in a personal level on our social media platforms. For example, YouTube. I love YouTube, but they have a horrible censorship. All of my favorite YouTubers are talking about pretty intense stuff, oftentimes, or real stuff that is happening, or maybe I I watch a lot of, like, um, stuff about crimes and murder because it's just you know, I'm a woman. (laughs) We tend to watch a lot of those like, what is it? True crime. Um, But it's like they can't even say the words like they have to say SA for, you know, I can't even say it, but sexual assault. I'm going to say it. But then it's like you get flagged. And then if you post so many videos that get flagged, then you start getting like your stuff not shown to people or you're not allowed to post it or you can't monetize your videos and people sometimes will lose their whole channel. Like there's so much that can happen to you and you don't own anything. So you put all this effort and this time into getting information out there and not only is it controlled, but again, you don't own it. So then you could risk losing everything by having an alternative opinion or by saying words that you can't say. And then on top of that, the information that you put out there or the information or any way that you interact with the internet, all this data is collected on you, which is then kind of used to further control you. So it's like all this system of control, like, oh, she clicked on this one website before and now we're going to send her all these targeted ads based on that website and It's, like, basically subliminal messaging. You keep receiving that same ad over and over and over again until you just finally break down and buy it. Or you kind of, you know, realize, like, what the fuck's going on with my computer? Or you have whole-ass conversations, and then the next day you get a YouTube video recommendation or a website, like, or an ad or something pop up that is related to a very specific fucking topic. Like, raise your hand if that's ever happened to you guys, because... It just shows you how much you're being listened to. And again, it's all going back to the sense of control.
0: Yeah, there's so much to unpack there. So, first thing is, there's a thing, there's a concept about Section 230, which was uh, written in these laws regarding the internet, regulating the internet. Google and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and these social media platforms, for example, they are not publishers, Um, They are domains for other people to, um, you know, share whatever it is that they share. Now, there are clear rules on things like you can't show child porn on on Facebook, you know, whatever. There are certain laws that are clearly you can't do, right? However, what's been happening lately with censorship is a violation of not only our rights, but it also is in violation of the internet itself for uh, those particular platforms and the regulations. because. You have to say, so basically, this is like, it's like saying this, you have, let's say you have a blog, okay, and someone uh, comments on your website blog, I'm going to commit a murder and then they commit the murder. No, I'm dead serious. So, and then they commit a murder. Well, is the government going to hold you liable for that murder in some way, shape, or form? No, of course not. That you are just the platform. You are not the publisher of the comment section. A comment section is a comment section. Like, you, the people are going to comment whatever they want. This is the thing about the rules on the current social media platforms is they are not allowed to curate their platforms. They're not allowed to delete people for wrong think or wrong speech. That's according to who, by the way, all this, that's a whole other rabbit hole. But the point is, is they don't actually aren't allowed to just delete someone based off of quote unquote misinformation or whatever. Now you can say like, Again, these are private companies. They can make their own rules and delete whoever they want to. But also, they are not publishers. So under the regulations and under the laws, they're not publishers. So they can't curate. They're not, you know, they're not running a fucking news website, you know, like where it's like, "Oh, that's fake news, so we're deleting it." No, that's that's whatever. That's someone's opinion. If someone wants to believe that the moon is made of cheese or the fla- earth is flat, fucking you don't ban them you know just let them believe whatever they believe it's the first amendment like that's why these internet platforms are like that so that's i mentioned that because that's um that's kind of the the upcoming like rules and regulations that are going to be put on to these places like google so like i'll give you another example or just another concept if you're a shareholder for google right now if if you're if you're like you know uh betting that it's going to go up and up or you're buying the dip right now let me just tell you something there are people running for office right now that are going to come in and regulate they're going to come in and actually put google and youtube to the test they're actually going to come in and put it to a point where they're going to be they're going to be searched and they're going to be looked at to a point where they're not going to get away with censoring and deleting people's youtube channels because they didn't like what they said Okay, that's illegal. What they are doing is illegal. And all these crimes that we, are, we watched happen, even in the past three years especially, all these crimes that have happened, whether it's pharmaceutical companies or social media companies or governments, uh, all of these things are going to come home to roost. You know, And Google is, is a great example as one of them. They, they are a monopoly. And there are strong, strong political people right now going into office in the next in the next uh, year and uh, in the next couple years that they're making this the number one issue. They are going, they're, they're calling it breaking up big tech. And if you know anything about history and breaking up the big oil companies and Rockefeller and all that stuff in 1909, 1910, and 1911, they broke up the monopolies. That was called trust busting. All these different concepts around that. We're about to witness that in terms of Google. They're going to go and break up Google because Google is a monopoly. They own, she has it written down. I mean, they, uh, well, Facebook bought WhatsApp, but Google bought YouTube. So the two most most visited platforms for either searching for information or just in general, like YouTube, like you're on it. It's one of the biggest websites in the world. You know, at the end of the day, these, these companies are gonna be regulated out of existence.
1: Yeah. So, and also Facebook, yeah, they bought WhatsApp and Instagram. So some of the two or three topmost platforms used for communication and sharing ideas and data, that is, again, a monopoly. And so it's just like, how is this being used? If you have a business like I do, you know that you have the option to open up a Facebook pixel tracker. So the Facebook pixel tracker, essentially what it does is it will track you or track the person who visits your storefront or your website even after they are no longer on your website. So they could be on 10 different other sites and Facebook sees all of that. It knows all of the activity on your computer when it's open. And I don't know for sure, but I think it's also when it's not open, that might not be the case, And there are apps on your phone that do the same thing that are collecting the information and the usage of your phone through other apps like on on when you're on totally different apps so basically you have all of this information that's being collected and it can be used against you you have alexa listening to people in their homes and you might think oh you know i'm just telling her to turn the music on it's not a big deal but what happens when alexa is it just sitting there she's listening she okay. is recording
0: you know that i don't know if you know this but there was a murder trial
1: mm-hmm. that's okay. what i wrote down my notes go ahead
0: okay so for people who don't know then uh there was a murder trial in i think houston or somewhere in texas i think well the when they gathered evidence it was a domestic violence thing um uh the man killed the wife uh, husband killed the wife so it's like the house was i don't know there may be kids i don't know if there's a family point is is They grabbed the Alexa as evidence. They just grabbed all this information as evidence. Well, apparently, they had the the department, the investigators, somehow contacted somebody at Amazon and basically said, hey, we have this Alexa. Is there a way we can – we're collecting information. Do you have any information that you can provide for us that can help us with this investigation? Well, shit. Apparently, Alexa was recording all the time. As soon as it was plugged in, mm-hmm. it's a recording and mm-hmm. it's collecting all this data and it's selling you all this stuff on Amazon or whatever. But but they're also collecting data and they used this data. This is how we know it's it's legit. They used this data in a trial. And they are able, they found out the disputes. They were listening to months of evidence. They didn't need that much. I mean, you know, they the weeks before leading up to the death and the killing or whatever. And they had the whole murder all caught on audio, wow. you know? Wow. So they're sitting there like, you know, Alexa. And once that happened, I think a lot of people, like the sales of Alexa did, did fall a little bit. People are kind of skeptical about Alexa. But again, I mean, they collected no, so much so data. so many
1: people use it and they don't think twice. And they're just like, I have nothing to hide and well, i understand i understand if you're like well you don't really see the repercussions because you're not really doing anything wrong like you're just kind of using the internet normally um but ultimately what happens with technology is that we cannot really see how things are going to evolve and how the government or the world will evolve and how things can be used against us
0: oh yeah to 100 i mean
1: we so- don't know
0: yeah, you, yeah. People are out there innocent, you know. They're just doing whatever they're doing. But exa- But as an example, like even Courtney, she's an astrologer, right? You have no idea what's going to happen in the future. There might be a dystopic future where all religion and I'm uh, the atheists will get control before the Christians do. Trust me. Uh, but like you can imagine, like in a, in in a China, for example, you're not allowed to have religion. You you worship the government there, and so uh, th- there's there's a lot of examples of. Really horrific things that happen to people who are spiritual, even just spiritual. Uh, but the point is, is you have no idea how yeah our, our our country will evolve, our laws, our rules, our culture will evolve, and you see that today with like people apologizing. You know, they're they're about to host the Oscars, like Kevin Hart, and then apparently Kevin Hart back in his. 2010 comedy this and that said this and said that and exactly. oh it's all bad so you're they're tracking everything and so whenever you're trying to go into a position of power or you want to do good in the world or whatever they'll fucking ruin you you know like right. they'll like ruin they you.
1: will cancel you they have this information to use against you what information is leverage you either control someone by putting them into like recommending basically things that already interest them, distract them, get them all caught up in this certain type of narrative. Or you can, if they are dissenting in any type of way, use that to control them and suppress them.
0: Okay. Perfect example. Last week, PayPal came out in their new terms of service and said that they will fine or charge or even take money out of your account $2,500 fine for anything misinformation. I don't know if you heard about that. Did you No, no. Incredible. Sensational. Okay. They they backtracked it. Oh, we didn't mean to say that. Oh, that's not really real or whatever. Nope. It was totally legit. It was a $2,500 fine on misinformation. Now, you might sit here and be like, well, you know. I'm a vaccine-taking, climate change-believing, cultural-believing in the matrix or whatever. Like, you're in the matrix. Like, if you really believe all the things that they tell you to believe, let's just say, for example, maybe that's you today.
1: Climate change is
0: real. Okay. Maybe that's you today. You believe all these different narratives, right? Then what will happen is once one maybe one day you start to question something. Maybe one day you start to realize, hey, maybe there's not, maybe it's not all legit. Maybe this particular topic, I've, I, maybe you change your opinion in five years, you know, on a particular thing. So you don't actually know. And a lot of people, a lot of people have changed their opinions quite often, especially during the pandemic and what was real, what wasn't, what was what they should or shouldn't do, and all these things have changed. Pandemic's a perfect example. It's a microcosm, right? Because it's like three years of just like a whole fuckery. So you can kind of be like, well, at one point I thought. This, but now I think this. Well, if you deviate from the narrative, they will. PayPal says they'll fine you twenty five hundred dollars. Now, here's the most important part. This is what she was getting to and alluding to when Alexa is recording everything you're saying. How the fuck is PayPal getting information on you? That's the crazy part that people don't see. Where is it that PayPal is tracking you? Where is it that PayPal even knows what you're saying? The point is, is you would get in trouble for saying an opinion that isn't of the narrative, even if you're not on PayPal. You don't have to be on PayPal, like sending somebody a memo like, oh, I think the vaccine isn't good or something. And they charge you $2,500. No. No. They are using it. They're partnering with all these other internet companies what? to track what you say and what you think. And if you if you think or say you. a certain thing on your YouTube channel or your Facebook live video or even just saying it or that you, they know you have that opinion, they were going to charge you $2,500. And so this also leads into our social credit score system, which we can get into even later, but… The social credit score is happening right now in China. So it is a live system happening where they will track you. You aren't able to get on trains. You aren't able to buy a car. You aren't able to they, – they they limit your travel. For example, you can't buy an airline ticket if your social credit score is low. Um, you can't go on certain dating apps. There's only dating apps for certain people with certain social credit profiles. You're thinking like a credit score is like you know like a financial credit score, right? Some lenders won't lend to you if you have a 500 or less, right? Like you're gonna get a higher interest. Your what is credit? Credit is is uh credibility. What's your credibility? You know, are you paying back what you what you owe? Well, social credibility, a social credit, is anything the government says that you are out of line with, or if you don't agree with, or whatever. So, that's kind of where we are right now with the cancel culture stuff.
1: And if you've seen that Black Mirror episode, it's like, it's, it could get to the point where people are like not even socializing with people who are of a certain score, or like they can't get into certain parties, and it could be not only from the government to the people, but between people, how we learn to punish ourselves. And this is one of the worst parts about the internet, is that it's not just these companies that can control the narrative and them working together, the monopolies. It's that people are canceling other people. People are using the internet against their fellow people. And it's like they're bullying people. People are committing suicide. Like there's so many things that the internet is being used for that is essentially a weapon, a weapon of mass destruction. I just
0: want to make one example, and you can keep going, but like, I hate to bring this up again, but remember how people were treated when they were unvaxed versus vaxxed, or like if you walked into a store without a mask versus a mask, and I just use this example because it's such a good microcosm because you can really see how the differences were. How was your family treating you if you were vaxxed versus or not vaxed, or how that discrimination was already starting to happen between people, like you're saying? It's not just these authorities and then you. It's not the relationship between 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 you and these authorities that are gonna maybe obscurely uh, limit your freedoms or limit your uh, your what you can do and your freedoms, right? This is down to the social level, and that's the most powerful level, the cultural and social mm-hmm. level, where they get you to be socially ostracized for believing something else or not believing in something, you know, or or taking an opinion that's contrary to the narrative. And so, as soon as you do that, you're you're canceled, you're, you know, you're, you're socially ostracized, even by your own family and friends. That was the most surprising psychological experiment that I had seen in recent years.
1: Absolutely, and it's just... When when these larger organizations are controlling the narrative, because they truly are, that then influences the individual, which then influences how they interact with others, which then becomes what society and culture are made of. And you can also see this not just with censorship, but also the addition of information. And I saw this, I saw a crazy example of this recently, like it literally blew my mind. I was like, what the fuck is this? If you go, it might still be there. If you go onto YouTube and you look at the new Ariel trailer, um, Ariel is my favorite Disney movie. It's Disney, right? Yeah, Disney movie. Um, and she, they have a black Ariel. I think she is fun looks phenomenal for the role i haven't seen i don't think it's out yet um but she seems great i have no issues with it but a lot of other people do they're like oh they changed her race blah, blah, blah. i'm like why do you, do you give a fuck what she looks like um but anyway so there's a lot of controversy around the movie and you know people are always up in arms about everything so you would naturally think that on the trailer there would just be like a shit ton of negative comments And every single one of, like, the top 100 comments was a bot. And you could tell because it was like, I like it when she did this. It was so cool when she did that. Every comment was like that. And it, like, didn't actually make sense because none of those things happened in the trailer and the movie's not out yet. So no one has seen it. No one fucking knows what scenes are in the movie. So it's, like, all of these random-ass comments that were obviously generated by AI, which is, like, another thing to add to this equation, that there are now you know, false social profiles of AI that look and act legitimately like a real person. So it's like, we can't actually fucking tell who is real and what comments are real and what is fake. And we are interacting with these people that are not real. We're interacting with bots. We're interacting with social profiles and we don't know what is real and fake. And so not only are we becoming censored, but then they can add in any kind of narrative they want to add in to skew things in a positive direction, even though clearly people have issues with it. And we're not seeing any of that because it's getting drowned out by thousands and thousands of voices of fake profiles.
0: Yeah, something about fake profiles is so anybody knows about this deal that's happening between Elon Musk and Twitter was he was going to buy the buy the Twitter for $56 uh, a share or whatever it was worth? whatever it was like at 75 and then he said I'll lowball it at 65 or something anyways he's in this dispute, but then as the numbers started to roll in and he was uh, looking at uh, analytics of Twitter and the the purchase itself and all these things, all the purchase agreements, he noticed that he said that there's a certain amount of users. Now, the amount of users on a platform is important for advertising revenue, right? That's how like advertisers use their money. Okay, well, how many people can you reach, and how many people are on this platform, kind of thing, and how much money can be spent? How much is it? How much is it? I mean, the social media company itself, any social media company, is kind of one of the biggest valuations of a social media company is the amount of people using it, and the amount of people, uh, and those people, and how long they are on it, or how long they do use it. The whole problem with that was. Uh, elon musk exposed that there were a lot of bots not just mm-hmm. like some bots like no there were like a, almost a huge majority even of I was bots say majority on twitter. or
1: like a huge percentage like and a third or something like this
0: this is important the military essentially owns twitter twitter to the military and the defense department they use twitter as their engine of uh building a narrative okay and, and this the ukraine war is a perfect example like if you if anybody pro ukraine or or pro this or pro, like something like that, and that's just using an example you're gonna have there's so many bots that are commenting or replying in positive oh we're you know this is good this is good but then if you say anything like what elon musk did recently even bill ackman who's like. Kind of in the, in the matrix, he's over here saying like, hey, look, we need to kind of come to a peace resolution, and I've donated all this money to Ukraine, but I don't see any solution happening. So that's just an example. All these bots are used to attack people who are going against narrative, whatever narrative that means. And then the bots are also used simultaneously to promote narrative. Like, oh, there's so many likes and stuff. I don't know if you noticed, but YouTube took away the dislikes because of the dislikes because uh they didn't mean it like oh it's mean to dislike a video like that's kind of their, their idea for taking away dislikes but in reality it was because the narrative pushers the CNNs and the Fox Newses of the world or whatever they they would get all these dislikes right and all the dislikes would they would there was ratios i don't know like if you've seen some of these funny ones like there was like a whitehouse.gov uh, has a youtube channel and the dislike to like ratio was like uh, unfathomable you know it was like it was like 40,000 dislikes to like maybe like 5,000 likes you know and so people in these narrative pushing kind of worlds they didn't take away dislikes they just took away the number of dislikes the point is is you, you would see these ratios and when people saw the dislike to like ratio on a narrative pushing content they're kind of like wait the majority of people dislike this video which means they disagree with this narrative. And so, it starts. It started to get a social program going where people started to question the narrative by just seeing the dislikes. So, YouTube got rid of it.
1: Right. And they, like, I've seen this with a YouTuber. She was vegan, promoted veganism for years, like, sold all these vegan products and meal plans and made her whole life about that. And then she was caught eating fish. And just, like, before she came out, like, it wouldn't be a big deal in the vegan community if you... Or at least for me, it wouldn't be a big deal to just change your mind. Fuck, if you're not feeling good, do whatever the fuck you wanna do. But she lied. She, you know, she was getting money for these things that she said was making her sick. And then she started eating the things that she told people not to eat and just basically a bunch of hypocrisy. And she got caught in a video someone else filmed of her, like doing a vlog. She was in the background, like eating fish. And everyone was like, what the fuck? And her video was like, came out and people destroyed her in the comments and they the dislike ratio was astounding but you could see because they could go in and like you can filter comments as as a publisher anything with a negative comment a certain type of word it won't appear and so she could filter them she could delete them she could have an editor make sure that there's nothing like that appearing but the dislike ratio would still be there and so it's like maybe the comments can be controlled but the dislikes were like that one last strand of clarity around like how people actually feel about something and so it's it's funny that they got rid of that as well it makes a lot of sense
0: yeah and just to add um so the the same woman who said that they're partnered public private partnership with google to make sure that um something about Covid was was a positive thing, or or their their treatment, or whatever. Um, it it's funny because she said in the same in the same sentence she said we own the science. She said Whoa. we own the science, and so we just need to get our narrative out there. She said we just need to get our story out there. We just need to get the truth out there. And there's mistruths, she says, misinformation. Um, and the point about science in general is to question everything, to question things, and so. Just on a positive note, we, we do, we need dislikes and commentary, you know, even if it's something that I believe in or, or somebody, I am all about the freedom of ideas being pushed, you know, and being like promoted. If, if people, you know, are, um, it, even if people are like genuinely racist, for example, like that is their right to be be that way. Honestly, that is their right to be that. Now, they can be ostracized. They can be disliked. They can be, you know, not make a living from their beliefs about that. That's all fine and dandy. But when you have any authority at all trying to sway or push one or another, it just shouldn't come from an authority place. I believe that Yes, cancel culture is kind of crazy, but at the at the end of the day, like I am more in, on the side of people deciding what to buy, what not to buy, who to support, who to not support. If someone's out of integrity, like the vegan person, you know that's that's cool, you know. And 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 of course, like, are you going to be the negative comments are just always going to be a thing. I'm again, I'm not about, I'm not really like, you know, uh, against any negative comments or discontent because that's what we we all live this free life to 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 not to, to disagree. But the point of disagreement and the point of, of not liking something allows for the debate to happen. And when you, I know for sure that if you believe in something, but then you saw it being debated, like genuinely debated, you might shift your opinion on it and be more in the middle because you might hear out the other side of the, of the story. And that's what made society better is we share ideas and we can dislike them. We can disagree, but we've got to also like kind of put up an argument, right? And what these authorities want to do in controlling the internet, they kind of want to put out one narrative and you can't question it. And if you do question it, they'll censor you, block you, suppress you, uh, shadow ban you, whatever. And then they work with these internet companies to ostracize you essentially or put you in the phantom zone. You know, and and it's just, that's to me is the crazy part. We can move on to like other stuff too.
1: Yeah, and the hard part about the internet is that many of us if not all of us are entirely reliant on it in our everyday lives so it's not like we can just say yeah you know i, I don't want to be controlled fuck this guy like i'm going to walk away from the internet and i'm going to be done no it's like a lot of us make our living on you know social media platforms we market ourselves that way we meet each other that way not only are we creating social connections but work connections and so if you say the wrong thing or you know you get shadow banned in the algorithm this is going to affect your livelihood and it's not even just like social media influencers it's also all these different types of jobs that are using the internet in general and i just think the reliance on it puts us in a vulnerable position and so it's going to be even more important for us especially as pluto moves into aquarius for us to be aware of how we can democratize the internet a little bit more. And I heard some guys say something like the the bill of rights for the internet, like we need something like this. And I was like, that's a great idea. We need something where it's not just all these monopolies in control of what's going on, because we are reliant on this. It is essentially an extension of what's happening in the real world. Like there's a few companies that basically own all these different businesses that produce all the food it's like we're really again we're like being controlled because there's only so many people that are in charge and when they say something it kind of goes because they're in charge of most of what's being created and so mm -hmm.
0: well a good example is like the kanye west thing um and i use them because again these are examples that are going to be used against everybody okay they debanked kanye Hey, J.P. Morgan said you can have your 200 million, and we're no longer banking with you. You have 30 days to get all your money out of our bank. So what's going to happen is they're they're everyone they're all um, working together, banking institutions, other social media. So if you're banned off Twitter, YouTube will ban you. That's what happened with Andrew Tate. That's what happened with. Um, Kanye now he got what he was he was like censored on it on on Instagram, so he came to Twitter, then they blocked him there because he said something like anti Semitic. So the point is is they're working together, not just social media companies on the internet. Now, again, like I said, JP Morgan, the bank of Chase, Chase Bank, debanked him. So they're all kind of working as a consortium.
1: This happened to me. You know, I'm an astrologer and I was in business for a while and then all of a sudden, like my money in my account, everything just got shut down and they're like, yeah, Stripe doesn't want to work with you. So you can't accept payments anymore. Like almost all businesses take Stripe as their credit card processor. You can't just get a credit card and just have the information. There's a middleman and it's the processor and yeah, they're like, oh, we, you can't work with us anymore because you're a high risk business because you're fortune telling. And so I'm like, what the fuck? So, because I don't fit into the mold of what society deems as acceptable. I am going to have to go to these fringe things and let's say like all these other processors won't allow me there. It's like, I'm really pigeonholed. Like I have to, to work with these, I have to work with PayPal because that's the only one that will accept me. And I'm like, if PayPal doesn't accept me, I'm kind of screwed. And it's really scary to be again in this vulnerable position of like, I can only, run my business and connect with these people either with cash in person or if it's through the internet with one processor and it's it's just not a good place to be in.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I, yeah, I mean, I almost forgot that you told me that, but that's where we're kind of at that point where we have to realize that there are alternative platforms which we're gonna get into as well. There's alternatives, there's solutions to this. Um, but to finish talking about the internet itself, which is almost a little bit about AI, something I wanted to bring up was called transhumanism. And these are like, the this is like the matrix, okay? The top of the top echelons of our elites believe in transhumanism. Transhumanism is this AI merger with human, where we're going to be like cyborg-like. And this sounds crazy, but like these are very important people in the world talking about that this is the future. And so they want to create us into these cyborg-like systems where we're all plugged into the AI. We're all like uh, we're wearing VR goggles and like, like we're Neuralink. not. Yeah, like Neuralink we with what Elon know. Musk is doing. But if y'all really want to get a good idea, and I think the video game industry is going to launch this first, uh, which they kind of already are. Um, but if you want to get a good idea of what the future could be like, you have to watch Ready Player One. Oh. It's like this is literally my favorite. Movie. Oh, it's incredible! I love the movie. I love the movie and so Avatar. much. It's nostalgic. It's, it's 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 Steven Spielberg. I think so. It's epic. epic, epic movie. So it's not just like some movie you should watch to learn. But if you want to see the future, right? Because everyone's wearing these VRs. Notice everyone's in poverty. So they're living in these slums and this. And, like, the majority of people are in poverty, but they live in this world, this virtual world, where they're happy and they get to be these avatars and all these different, you know, things that that's what they want to transition into. So the transhumanism model wants to create, like, Neuralink where you're – and I don't know if Elon Musk is good or bad, but, again – Those kinds of things, those kinds of systems where they plug your brain chip in and then you have the VR goggles on. And, you know, with the pandemic, they were trying to push this narrative of work from home and all of that. And now, I've talked to some big titans in industry. They realize that the work from home thing is a fucking waste of time. Like they really do like the office setting of like camaraderie. i am talking from my like leadership perspective. I'm not saying every employee wants to go to the office, but there's something about a community coming together and, you know, working, you know, getting more tasks done and all these kinds of other scientific statistics that I can throw at you about working in a work environment versus like working from home, which I'm a fan of. I'm just saying for companies and corporations to like hire somebody and, and work. Point is, is, they want to move us into that whole model of Zoom, and just we're showing up to meetings and avatars. I don't know if you've seen, but uh, even Mark Zuckerberg did this whole Meta thing, and he was, you know, proving that like, yeah, in the future we're just going to show up to work in our AIs, and our AIs are going to be designed by whatever we want, you know, and then they're going to show up to work, and we just stay home, like. That's my opinion that that's not that's not the embracing future connecting to nature and getting outside like type future that I'm looking forward to like You don't want to just be living in the slums and like plugging in you know
1: Yeah, and also as I was kind of mentioning before there's there are fake people and things on the internet if you have if you've heard of deep fake This is like where if you have your voice like for example, unfortunately, I do all over the internet my face as well the computer can just kind of scan me, scan my voice and then recreate something. So it could, if somebody, if it becomes an app or something, like they could call and leave a voicemail on my boyfriend's phone and say like, I'm breaking up with you and it's my voice. And like, he won't know that it's not me, right? And that's that's where the future is. And so it's like, not only are we gonna show up in kind of these avatars or this digital world, but also we're gonna encounter things that we're just not going to know what is real and what's not anymore. And that's a huge aspect of of what this future looks like.
0: If you want to see some really interesting deep fake content, you could go on TikTok or Instagram and type in Tom Cruise deep fake. There's this one dude who does so many videos as as himself as Tom Cruise. But it, clearly it's an AI, you know, and it's, you know, him doing funny skits, you know, being Tom Cruise. So, yeah, there's there's definitely like a future where like artificial intelligence. I don't know if you know that there's so many different artificial intelligence things. You can type in certain keywords and it'll make a picture or certain keywords and it can make, it can mirror voices. Yeah. We're moving into a weird and different kind of age where like someone can frame you like for, for whatever, however, uh, yeah. making, making up a story, you know,
1: people are so concerned with misinformation and I mean, it's just going to get worse and worse because now we truly, with our even with our own eyes, cannot see what is real and what is fake in this virtual world. And so I think it's gonna be very important for us to question things that come up and for to to again try our best to democratize the internet. I don't you know, I'm not have any like background in this necessarily, so I don't know how we would go about that. But do you have any suggestions? Yeah,
0: so there's definitely the Bill of Rights of the Internet. There's always that has come out and that's been something of significant importance. But again, this is only in America. And this goes back to like, America is going to, it should be the forefront of innovation and freedom. And and right now it's going towards a model closer to China. China is like a perfect example of an authoritarian state that has internet, has all these different things, but they genuinely do control. The internet, like their firewalls, that that allow um, only certain things to be searched. So we're kind of getting closer and closer to that. Like YouTube has come out and said that they kind of want to go into a Netflix model, where they get to select whoever gets to create content, and you start to you're going to start getting less and less and less content creators on YouTube. Really? They started. They've announced that they're going to try to move into that model, and I'm like thinking about. Oh,
1: that's like literally ruining the whole point of YouTube.
0: Exactly, because Prime spends. Three, four, five, twenty million dollars to make a TV show, but like then they don't make any. Like they're they're spending all that money, and then uh, the show comes out. Okay, people watch it, but then at the end of the day, it's not really a positive business model because YouTube beats them every time because they get free content and all these YouTubers and all the, and then all this ad revenue. And so why would the, why would YouTube change? Those people argue about like why would YouTube change their business model because clearly Prime Video and, what and people- Netflix.
1: What people want is to see everyday people that they just... That you, like, not these select few people that have been deemed proper or deemed awesome. It's like, we want to see the ordinary fucking person going through what we're going through. Yeah,
0: and the more and more censorship that comes on all these different things, you're gonna get Joe Rogan types, where what did Joe Rogan do? He left the platform and got his exclusive deal on Spotify, for example. So you're going to see certain social media companies leaning, you know, a certain direction and starting to, start to create alternatives. Like an alternative to YouTube, for example, is Rumble. Rumble is, you know, just it's the same system, is very similar to YouTube, but their kind of big, big thing is freedom of speech, you know? Like, hey, whoever wants to be on Rumble can be on Rumble. You can upload your stuff. Apparently, you can also, like, make money from Rumble. They pay you for your content. It's a, just a different... Also, Rockfin... You ever heard of Rockfin? They will pay content creators based on the viewers they get. Not even, I think, ads or anything either. So it's it's really cool. Like, there are some really interesting alternatives out there because people clearly see a problem. And if I know anything about capitalism and entrepreneurship, it's that when people see problems, there's going to come up with solutions. And those solutions are other business models, other business types. And that's kind of what we're moving into. So out of just, you know, this whole thing with... And, and there's like a, there's a Twitter thing, whatever. But like, for example, if... Elon Musk does buy Twitter. Whatever you think about Elon Musk, okay? If he does buy Twitter and if he commits to making it freedom of speech again and, like, making it genuine and and improving it, because you know Elon Musk is not going to just have it the way it is. It's a dying business model, Twitter. People are leaving Twitter all the time uh, or they're not on it anymore. So it's like imagine if someone could buy something like Twitter and make it better, you know, and improve it. And then imagine if we did have genuinely freedom of speech where people can exchange ideas. That's the thing. So when we go into this future of like what's happening, what's going to happen next, right? There's all these energy shortages. They're trying to pull all these cards that I talk about more on my podcast. Well, we need, if we just have freedom of ideas and, and solutions, we can solve these problems. I'm watching a documentary right now about the COVID thing. And it's um, it's JFK Jr. or, or it's a uh, RFK. It's a really interesting t- documentary. The point is, is like there are all these very professional doctors and people who solved the COVID crisis, like in the middle of 2020. They knew what medication to do. They knew what kind of uh, procedures to do that would that that limited. Um, the death rate and everything but they were censored they were blocked they were ostracized from the medical community they were destroyed their livelihoods were destroyed fired from the hospitals fired from wherever let go from the medical journal they wrote for like they were destroyed their lives and careers were destroyed all because they had solutions that did not agree with big pharma and big pharma was so heavy on only certain brand new super expensive drugs whereas these other alternatives were looking at inexpensive medications and simple solutions to the covid pandemic itself but that wasn't going to be pushed they they called that they they called these people different names so it's very frustrating to me but again I go back to that thing because it's a perfect microcosm of showing you if we have freedom of speech, and if we do push for that, and as a society, as a culture, like, look, you may not dis- you may not disagree, or you may not agree, like I said, even if someone was racist against Asians, or that's whatever they believe, or, and by the way, it's just, yeah, China's the most homogeneous population, by the way, They're, they don't even let you marry into other cultures or races in China, so just, again, if you think of America as evil, like, just go look at around the world, like, it's horrible, it's horrible everywhere, the point is, is, if that's their belief. If China just is racist towards blacks and the Chinese believe that, then whatever. It just, again, we have to just realize that good ideas need to be battled and those good ideas under the test of, of dialogue and, and disagreement, good ideas will always win. And that's kind of how we need to remember that. And so if you do think it's a great idea, if you think we should all come together in harmony and peace and love or whatever, and you really do believe that and and the majority of people start to believe that, then that's what we're going to move into. That's just one example. But we have to have the freedom of speech. And so I just think of like, if Elon Musk does follow through with this Twitter deal in the next couple weeks, we might genuinely see like little little things of light shining through because again, if just one or two solid social media platforms or business models kind of take over and they're successful and they allow freedom of speech or they are not more in the censorship thing, if just one of them makes a change, then you're start you're gonna start seeing other platforms realize that they're becoming obsolete. Because if they're gonna have YouTube's gonna censor everybody and do all this stuff, and then people genuinely start to leave YouTube or creators create somewhere else or whatever, they're gonna end up dying and becoming a dying model. Just like um just like any large corporations or, or anything that's that YouTube came to solve these issues, like media, right? Like most people get their media and their news from YouTube, you know, from podcasters or whatever. They don't watch the TV. So as much as these corporations want to control all of this, they're going to become less and less. So if YouTube becomes more and more like mainstream media or they try to censor or curate their content, they're going to go the same direction as mainstream media, which is like untrustworthy or people are just going to leave the platform and want to go listen to people on other platforms. So that's kind of what I think the future holds
1: yeah so just to wrap up in terms of alternative platforms you said DuckDuckGo for searches that won't track your information and might show you different pages um using a vpn what's what's the reasoning for not having your the ip v- address yeah
0: your ip address is is a way that these internet browsers websites social media platforms they track you and they get all this data information from you if you use a vpn it it shows that you're somebody else. Every time, every page you go to, once you click another link, the VPN navigates you in Saudi Arabia or somewhere else. So what happens is the VPN is protecting your privacy. That way, it, it look, you show up every website you go to, every click you do on the internet, anywhere, on Facebook or wherever, it shows you in all these different locations. It kind of uses almost like a blockchain style um, you know, privacy that kind of that elude that helps you elude the tracking of all these other websites. They use all your information, so it's almost like you you're kind of like free. Also, it's how you can like watch like NBA basketball games or some shit right. if you wanted to, or like, or like
1: Netflix from Europe. Yeah. Um, and then you said Rumble, which is an alternative to YouTube, and then Getter, which is an alternative to Twitter.
0: So, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of alternatives, but yeah, like Getter alternative, to, you know, Twitter people are getting on there now, and. um Again, Rumble's stock just went way up. Uh, three weeks ago, Andrew Tate, whether you love him or hate him or whatever, he jumped onto Rumble and said, hey, they have deleted me off Airbnb and Uber. Like literally, Uber and, again, you think what you want about him or whatever he says. The point is, is that why the fuck are Airbnb and Uber and Lyft? They deleted me they delete you. You know, if you're like, again, it's just they all work together. The point is, is he goes to Rumble and then all of a sudden Rumble's stock goes up like 10 or 15% in one day. It was unreal in in this sort of like dip that we're all in. So again, it just proves the point that, you know, these monopolies are going to be destroyed in the future and they're not going to be as successful because ultimately people are going to start navigating towards wherever they feel they either can say what they truly believe and truly what they want to say. You know, and it's shit i mean look at yourself 5 years ago go, you ever you ever get like reminded on facebook like some random po- you posted this 5 years ago you know yeah i've read some of my stuff from my, that i that i've posted 5 years ago and i'm like i fundamentally disagree with myself like i literally am like who the fuck was this guy like wise fucking guy telling people how the world's going to be i'm like i was totally wrong right and it's funny because that's what everyone used to watch this go on youtube right now and go bill Maher presentism Everyone needs to watch that five-minute clip. Bill Maher perfectly destroys cancel culture, explaining that you apply these modern-day cultural societal norms to somebody in Babylonian times or somebody living in Roman times or George Washington, you know, or you apply them to, you know, the, the Spaniards who went to Mexico. like that's called presentism, it's using the social norms of today and applying them to somebody who lived 400 years ago, like, that shit ain't gonna apply, you know, like, he made a perfect, perfect example, I'm not even gonna ruin the video for you, but he's like, slavery wasn't the exception, it was the rule, like, humans were just enslaved, like, everywhere around the world, like, not even 150 years ago, like, it's just crazy to me that people don't realize that all this horrific, horrible women's rights violate, I mean, Just, we lived in a horrible, decadent society 150, 200 years ago, you know? People, just the way they treat each other, whatever. The deaths, just killing was so normal. Like, people don't realize that. You can't apply where our culture and society is today to our past and our history. Just like you wouldn't sit there and Think of your teenage self, your 15, 16 year sixteen-year-old self, who wanted a tattoo of fucking Bob Dylan or some shit on your on your ass or on your back. You're like, no, that was stupid. I would never want to do that. You know, you, you can't you can't sit there and think about even just yourself. Stop canceling people and realize that that that's not the future of like where the internet's gonna go.
1: Yeah, the internet is forever, which is the scary part of it. So we're just gonna leave it there, unless you wanted to say anything else.
0: Well, yeah, just you know, I think. Um, people have to realize that we get to control the future of where things go and you know we can always kind of navigate this in a positive direction. So I think that if we focus on that and just stop thinking so negatively and stop attacking people um, and also acknowledging the transhumanism model, the transhumanism future and all the things they're trying to do to us, I think if we picture that as the dystopic future, then we can really create something beautiful in the end. So that's kind of what I wanted to end it on.
1: Beautiful. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment or review on iTunes. And you guys can always check us out in our information down below. Have a great one. Bye.